A popular Outcast production. Episode of Portable Power Podcast, the only podcast that sounds more pleasurable than the ambience inside of a woman's baby hole. <laughs> I'm Kevin Seibert, and with me is Mark Matters and Emma Smith. This is our 36th episode. We are recording on January 22nd, 2015. Let's get things started. Emmers, how are you doing? I am doing really well. Great. Are you drinking anything tonight? Just some water. Just regular old tap water, or are we talking about the bottled fancy deal? Brita, Brita filtered water, so it's at least been through some sort of system to remove the taint of Milton. From it. <laughs> mm. it, it is important to remove Milton's taint from your water. <laughs> really, I don't want taints anywhere near my water. <laughs> uh, what are you playing that's not for the show? I've been playing a lot of League of Legends. It's back. Oh, so you're back to hating yourself. Pretty much. The lag especially really makes me makes me cringe. I heard they were working on it. Yeah, they are improving it, but that doesn't change the fact that I'm competing with Netflix all the mm. time. Question of the week. Should Peter Jackson be convicted of murdering enthusiasm for Tolkien based films? You know, I can't blame I can't blame Peter Jackson for murdering the enthusiasm. He has a tough job and I think he's doing the best he can. Yeah, it's not an easy job to make Hobbit fan fiction. <laughs> but it's not just his responsibility. Like, he's responsible for other people's expectations, too. Like, they have to make a certain amount of profit from merchandising, and they have to make the advertising budget worth it. And it's they've got to be more and bigger, and I don't think that's all on Peter Jackson's head for them being bombastic, overinflated nonsense. <laughs> I suppose that's fair. So my vote, my vote is Peter Jackson, innocent. Okay, moving along. Mark, how are you doing tonight? I'm all right. Are you drinking anything? Yeah, I'm finishing off the last of some mead that I purchased. Um, Long-time listeners will remember that like a year and a half ago, I went to a Renaissance fair and tried a local meadery's mead, and I found their stuff in a local store. So, you know, they're, they're moving up in the world. This is Strad Meadery out of Sacramento, California, and I'm drinking their traditional nectar mead, which isn't as good as I remember, <laughs> but it's it's still very good, but it's like, it's effervescent and, and very light and very low alcohol percentage, which it's got a lot going against it, but, you know, it's cool to support a local business doing stuff that, I mean, there's no one else around doing anything like it. Yeah, it's disappointing that it's lower alcohol content. I thought mead was generally of the higher octane. Mm, seven and a half percent. So, uh, what are you playing that's not for the show? I haven't had a lot of time to play games. A little bit of Captain Toad for Wii U. How is that? It's adorable, and it's fun. It's not super different from the bonus levels that were in Mario 3D World on Wii U, but just the sheer variety of them sort of makes up for it. There are boss stages that are that are pretty gigantic, but the downside to them is that 
there's only like two bosses and you fight them a bunch of times, so it that starts to get kind of repetitive. Uh, are they new characters or are these like classic Mario villains? No, they're they're new new characters, and they actually they feel very Mario two ish to me. I think, which oh, is kind of cool. Like the the main enemy of the game is this bird that just looks really straight out of Mario two, like he could have been in that game. Now, it's nice that Nintendo is taking uh, like a chance and making like a different kind of game with different characters in it. Right. Because like I, I I mean I love Nintendo, but lately like particularly playing the Mario games, like a lot of like the new Super Mario games. Yeah. Um, I I've been feeling like they just play it so safe. Exactly. That if these games hadn't already been made, Super Mario Brothers two and Super Mario Brothers three would have never come out. Mm-hmm. They were just like, whoa, guys, no, that's too crazy. Mario flying with a raccoon tail? We can't do that. Exactly. Yeah. They don't, they don't really take those chances anymore, but with Toad, with Toad, they kind of did. It was cool. Yeah, it's, it's always nice to see them launch a new IP, even if it is a Mario spinoff. Right. So, question of the week. Should Peter Jackson be convicted of murdering enthusiasm for Tolkien-based films? I feel like... I could answer this several different ways from several different perspectives, but if I'm if I'm going solely from my perspective, the answer is no, because I would agree with you both that the movies, Emra said, uh, what do you say, bombastic and <laughs> overstuffed or whatever, but I bought the extended version of the first two films so far, so they're even more stuffed. It really doesn't bother me. There's t- tons of stuff that doesn't need to be in there. But I'm, I don't hold Tolkien as close to my heart as I do other things, like Star Wars or uh, stuff that I would remember better if I hadn't drank a ton of mead just now. <laughs> I, I would say no. I agree. Innocent. Okay. Kevin, what are you drinking? Tonight, I'm drinking a, from the Flying Dog Brewery in Frederick, Maryland. Oh, yeah. A Bloodline Blood Orange IPA. What's that like? Very citrusy, I'd imagine. It's very citrusy, yeah. I love blood oranges. Oh yeah, they're delicious. Cutting them open is unsettling. Well, that's cool. What are you playing? Not really anything super seriously. I've been playing Hearthstone. I've been playing Smash for Wii U. Yeah. What it is about this three-hour time difference, I can't seem to catch up with any of you people out there. You're the only person I've played. Mm. And we've had we've had pretty good luck with it. The game was mostly smooth, I would say, but the chat was like all just, just terrible. Yeah, yeah, there was some problem with that. I tried I tried to go online to play, mm-hmm. and, like, I did some for-fun matches. Yeah. And not only did it not run extremely well, like, I had a significant amount of lag, I'm also just not competitive online yeah. at all. Like, I'm just bad. No, I've been doing a lot of For Glory, and I find that it's all peer-to-peer. So you get one person with crappy connection in the mix, and it ruins it for everybody. So I'll just quit. A room after one match if it's like that because you get mm-hmm. penalized if you quit during the match i just keep going until i find a solid connection you just got to deal with those people who have netflix running at the same time <laughs> <laughs> yep so my verdict on the peter jackson question i just don't care <laughs> i don't care about any of this shit so you would kind of say yes <laughs> Yeah, I guess that means that my... Well, no, I don't know that I necessarily blame Peter Jackson for it. I just don't give a fuck about any Tolkien movies anymore. They're just so long, and while the original Lord of the Rings films were spectacular, the new films have gone from a focus on being spectacular to just a focus on spectacle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm 
just don't have any interest in that. It's not what I watch films to see. Ever since probably A New Hope Special Edition in 97, I find literally nothing impressive about visual effects anymore. Yeah, me either. Star Wars definitely ruined it for me. The special, well, the special edition a little bit, maybe Jedi, but more so Episode 2. I mean, there's parts of that movie that look like a, a bad video game, like a PS1 cutscene. Oh, yeah. things to talk about this month and the first of which is the monster hunter 4 ultimate demo which i'm probably the only person here that played it nintendo released it via codes that they sent out to select club nintendo members and it seems uh, quite a few people have it by now i think maybe the first run they were pretty discriminate but i think by now if you are a member of club nintendo you have access to the demo it's a pretty robust demo, I would say. You can play as one of 14 preset characters that have different combinations of weapons and armor. And then there's two missions you can choose from and two difficulty levels within that. There's three modes of play. You're all doing the same thing in those modes of play, but there's solo play, local multiplayer, and online multiplayer. And solo is fine, but Monster Hunter series is its all about multiplayer hunting. In my uh, short time that I spent with the online play, it actually seems to work really well. It was really smooth, not jumpy at all. I had issues playing with like one person on the Wii version of Monster Hunter Try, where like characters would jump several feet ahead because of the connection stuff. So I don't know if I just was playing with people with quality connections or what, but it was really smooth. But I have to say that like this just feels very similar to the previous games in the series. I'll go into more of that later, though. It's kind of annoying maybe for some people, but there's plenty of tutorials, and you can switch them off if you know what you're doing or you've done it before or whatever, but I think in other games in this series, people tended, especially new people to the series, they, they really kind of got discouraged early on in the game and probably quit. I think all these new tu tutorials, even though they're super wordy, kind of make the game more accessible all around. Despite all that, there's still lots to do for longtime Monster Hunter fans, but it's just nice that it's just much less difficult for new players, I think. There's a bunch of new features, there's dynamic terrain, and you can do like jumping attacks off of cliffs or whatever, or you can even jump on the backs of the dinosaurs and beat the crap out of them. Just kind of makes the game more exciting, I guess. There's still a lot of the stuff that people like Kevin hate, though. Do you still have to sharpen weapons? <laughs> well, of course. <laughs> Every five minutes. <laughs> Yeah, and I... No, I five minutes is generous. You're being very generous. I, I chose the gun lance last night when I was playing, which is like a... It's also a lance that shoots things. And you have to reload with that weapon, so it's just as bad. Like, every every weapon has some kind of thing where it just slows down the momentum of battle. And it never super bothered me, like, that aspect. What bothered me were the unnecessarily long animations in the game which are still there, and it's really stupid that they're still doing this. Like, you'll drink a health potion in most games. It's like a one-second animation or whatever, but in this game, it's like you drink the potion, your health's restored, and then you flex. <laughs> <laughs> in, in all the time it takes to do all this, like, you're probably going to get hit again and need to use another damn health potion. It drives me nuts. I freaking hate it, and there's a few items that it does that for. It sounds like you almost need to play it in multiplayer and have someone take aggro from you while you use a potion. It's true. You'll be being attacked by, like, 
two giant dragons at the same time and then a bunch of little minions so it, it gets pretty difficult in that regard the camera controls are a lot better but it's still pretty limited it's not a convenient spot the camera controls are on the touch screen with the exception of like z targeting like in a zelda game and so there is lock on but only for the bosses there's no lock on for the minions so you still have to depend on your aim and that's a lot of the appeal of this series is how hardcore it is like this these games are notoriously difficult people play these games because they're hard you know they feel like they're part of this elite group of like oh yeah i'm level 50 or um, g rank or i don't even know in in monster hunter outside of that just aesthetics wise like the music is pretty much the same feel as the last game it's very like jungly slash islandy with weird instruments to sound almost out of tune or something and then the quality is really good but it, like i guess it just feels kind of similar as the last game like nothing really stands out there there's no like epic monster hunter song to me it's like as iconic as anything you hear in Zelda or whatever. The graphics in this game are like a bag of rotten buttholes. I don't know <laughs> what it is, like particularly the textures. It just looks really bad to me. And maybe the final build will look better, but I think it looks hideous. I know that the 3DS isn't as powerful graphically speaking as the Wii was, but like so it doesn't even look as good as Try. Oh no, 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 no. I played Ultimate so long ago on the 3DS, I don't really remember how it looks, but I swear it looked better than this. Again, maybe it's just the demo build. I want to give them the credit for that. It might be an attempt to get better online performance. And it also could just be, there's a lot going on. Like, it's a pretty gigantic game to fit on one of those tiny little cartridges. I don't know. But, like I said, bag of rotten bottles. I guess all in all, I'm less excited for this game than I was. The best parts of the demo felt very similar to the previous Monster Hunter games. The new features are cool, there's a couple new weapons, but there's just not a lot new that I found. Like, just little things, like, okay, now you can jump on a dinosaur's back. Cool, I guess? I don't know. And then the worst parts of the game are, sometimes it's streamlined, but I'd say just as many times those things that people don't like, including me sometimes, they're, they're very present. They're there. I don't know, we'll find out. The game comes out, I believe, February 13th to launch alongside the new 3DS. So the point is that anyone who doesn't already like Monster Hunter is not going to have their mind changed about this. Yeah, it's easier to get into, I think, because the tutorials help you a lot to tell you what the heck you're supposed to do and where you're supposed to go. Yeah, my issue with the game was never that I didn't know what I was doing. I picked it up in a pretty short amount of time. It's an action RPG. It's not exceptionally complicated, at least not as far as I was concerned. At least not compared to World of Warcraft or something like that. It was just the other designs in the game, like the aforementioned, you know, weapon sharpening that I hate. I don't like hunting for monsters, which I guess is a problem if you're playing a game called Monster Hunter. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, I just, I found tracking monsters, and I, you know, to be tedious, I found the time limits to be unreasonable. Oh, yeah. Especially considering that it can be based solely on luck whether or not you even see the monster. No, I, to I agree with that. Or, like, sometimes another giant boss monster will jump right in on the fight while you're already involved in it, and you'll stand no chance. It's arbitrary stuff like that that turns me off from the game. Yeah, um, much of that's still there, so... <laughs> Sorry, Kevin. You won't be spending $40 in a couple weeks. Emerus, do you have a game to review? Yes.
My game for this week is Terraria. Terraria is a super fun game. It's available on the Play Store. I believe it's also available on iPhone. It is. On the Play Store, it's $4.99, and it's made by 505 Games. Terraria is, I think, the first or one of the first of these open-world, craft, construct-anything style games that are really popular right now. Initially, I was turned off by Terraria because it looked like a platform game, which are historically my greatest nemesis. <laughs> but I got into it in a big way because of just how much fun it is to explore the world that you're given. And the way the game works is that you are a little 2D pixel person and you are spawned into a randomly generated world that's full of monsters and items for you to find and look for. And because the game is randomly generated, there's a lot of exploration that you do. So your first few minutes playing Terraria are spent basically building a shelter for yourself. Because as soon as night falls, you're swarmed by zombies. This is Minecraft. It is a lot like Minecraft. So Minecraft and Terraria are part of the same genre, I would say. Terraria is all two-dimensional, whereas Minecraft is, of course, three-dimensional. They were released nearly two years apart. Minecraft was first. Minecraft was May 17th, 2009, and Terraria was May 16th, 2011. Okay. So Terraria definitely owes a lot to Minecraft. And I guess you can you can credit Minecraft with prompting the whole rise. Like if you look on Steam right now, there's like a hundred different games that are all about exploring and mining and crafting. But I think Terraria is one of the better ones that I've seen. For one thing, the graphics are really nice. All the different little blocks are blended together so that they look really um, uniform and natural. It doesn't look blocky necessarily the way you'd expect a pixelated game to look. Yeah. I did like the graphics in Terraria quite a bit, and by comparison, I, I never really liked Minecraft's art direction that much. Yeah. The pixel sprites are really well designed. Um, they're very evocative. You definitely get the zombie vibe from the zombies, and like the gels are cool-looking little blobs. I felt like the people had they had a certain feel of SNES Final Fantasy games to them. I am down. You can really customize your character's appearance by choosing different armor and different vanity items, and then you can even change the color of each of them. So there's a lot you can do to make your character your own, and it helps differentiate different players from each other. Like I was saying, the first thing you do is you build a shelter for yourself to defend against zombies. And then you dig into the earth to find precious metals to build better items and armor. And along the way you find dangers, critters that lurk underground, and lava, and spiders and stuff. The exploration is what got me addicted to it for a long time. Like, if you make yourself a big enough world, there are all kinds of different biomes that you can find. Um, places like forests, and deserts, and ice lands, and then even more underground. You'll find variations of, like, jungles that go deep into the earth with their own set of monsters and, like, smaller biomes that contain, you know, bees or mushroom critters. And then there are in-game events that shake things up a bit. Blood moons where monsters swarm your house and they can break in through the doors and stuff. 
So pretty soon you are forced to find better items. And it's really neat to unlock different things and to collect all the stuff that you need to build bigger and better or just prettier looking stuff for your character. The game also has a really good dynamic soundtrack. Each of the different biomes has a different uh, musical accompaniment. The events include their own music. And it's all really atmospheric and well done. The sound effects are really good too. I like the mechanics a lot. Using your weapons is fun. There's some tactical elements to, to your weapons like knockback and weapon speed that determine how well you do against certain enemies. You can pick between like range or magic or melee, which gives you a lot of customization. Do you gain experience with using different weapons that improve your ability to use them? There's actually no experience system at all. The only way you improve is by crafting better gear. That's very Minecrafty. I think Minecraft is an excellent point of reference. I'm sure that that game defined a lot of the things that exist in Terraria. I never liked looking at Minecraft. That was one of the reasons I never bothered to get into it. It depends. Like Minecraft's all about the lighting and, and atmospheric effects. Like yeah, it's all it's all super pixely, but like it could still be beautiful. I thought. I've seen some interesting landscapes in mm -hmm. Minecraft, but the actual like gameplay models and like the monsters that you battle look terrible to me. You know what? I do agree about the monsters. I always thought the monsters in those games was like very uninspired looking. I just could never stand looking at Minecraft. I thought it looked <laughs> like balls, which is my failing, not Minecraft. It's like a bag of rotten buttholes. <laughs> yeah. Two billion dollar buyout speaks to the success of Minecraft. Oh my goodness. If you're not into the art style of Minecraft, I think Terraria is a great place to go. You can easily spend all of your time building a castle for yourself and um, decorating it any way you want. You could fill it up with obsidian, rock, and bone furniture, or make it all disco shiny with gemstone glass. It's pretty crazy, all the stuff you can do. Overall, I would recommend Minecraft to anybody who loves to disappear into a, a world for an unspecified amount of what time. What about Terraria? <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, Terraria. Minecraft is probably good. I, that, that comes on a mobile version too, actually. Yeah. So consider this a review for every game ever <laughs> that is about sandbox, exploration, and crafting. <laughs> My one complaint is that once you're clued into the progression it's kind of easy to skip huge sections of content i played through once by myself and i got sort of to there's a, a boss that you beat and that changes the world to hard mode and i haven't beat that boss and so when i joined a multiplayer game that my friends were running since i knew how to get the best gear i sort of went boom 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 and now i have it and a little bit of my impulse to play is gone because I've sort of reached a cap. But if you enjoy building stuff, there's no better game. Overall, I give it four kinds of ore out of five. Hot damn. All right, well, let's step into our time machines and take a trip to our portable past.
taking charge of our portable past this episode, and I'm going to talk about the game Drill Dozer. Oh, shoot. This is a bit of a cheat, because I did not experience this game in the past. I have no nostalgia for it. Oh, did you get it on Wii U? No, it's. I don't think it's even out on Wii U. So, here's what happened. A couple months ago, when we did our Game Boy Advance episode, yeah. um, I mentioned in that episode the game that I was interested in experiencing for Game Boy Advance that I had missed, that I'd like to see on the Wii U Virtual Console, was Drill Dozer. Uh-huh. And maybe, like, I think later that week, I got a Facebook message from my cousin Tim, who said, hey, uh, I have Drill Dozer. If you want to have it, you can just take it. Wow. Now, he lives in Pittsburgh, and I never really see him. Hey, thanks, Tim. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> so, I saw him at Christmas time, and that's when he gave me his copy of the game. So, I've been playing that for the last couple of days. And that's how I was able to experience that, even though it's not out on the virtual console yet. At least not as far as I'm aware. That's cool. Yeah, I thought it was really nice of him. How does it feel, Kevin, having family members that listen to this show? There are some family members that I would be horrified to learn that they listened. Uh-huh. Tim is not one of them. Okay. There's a very conservative, about 50% of my family, that would be horrified by about half <laughs> of the stuff we talk about on this show. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was surprising, but not a bad surprise. I mean, in general, I'm just shocked that anybody listens to this. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, Drill Dozer. It was released for the Game Boy Advance on February 6th, 2006. It was published by Nintendo and developed by Game Freak. You know, the company that uh, makes all those Pokemon games? Oh, yeah. They made a game for a Nintendo system that isn't Pokemon. Yeah, they do that sometimes. Yeah, every like once, once in a while. every decade. Yeah, um, but usually it isn't super well received. Mm, yeah, I, I played the Harmonite demo when I was not impressed. Yeah, well, I think it was fairly well received. Oh, okay. It just wasn't well received by me. <laughs> in Drill Dozer, you play as a young woman whose name is Jill, and she's the leader of a gang of thieves called the Red Dozers. She rides around inside a mech equipped with a drill that's known as a drill dozer. One slip of the tongue and it's something else, but go on. <laughs> the dildozer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I knew, I knew where you were going with that. Dig in deep, boys. <laughs> <laughs> get, get into that baby hole. <laughs> <laughs> drill dozer is an action platformer game with some light puzzle elements, although... As platformers go, it's less from point A to point B than average. In each level, you find uh, two additional gears for your drill dozer that increase the power of its drill bit when you shift into a higher gear using the shoulder buttons. You know what another word for penis is in, in the UK? Uh, tell me. Bit. <laughs> Nobody could call mine a bit. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's why they had to change the name of Elibits. Remember that Wii game, Elibits? They had to change the name in the UK. Oh, I didn't know that. Bits are another word for, like, your junk. I'm just going to ruin this review. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. We're just, you know, this is the end of the show. I took my silly pills in the form of honey wine. We're all a little derailed at this point. And I'm looking up pictures of Blastoise. <laughs> <laughs> why are you looking up pictures of Blastoise? Don't worry about it. Keep going. Are you looking up Pokemon porn? <laughs> 
Pokemon Erotica? Mm. Is it erotic? <laughs> it's extremely tasteful, okay? <laughs> <laughs> You're reading the articles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, in each level, you find two additional gears for your drill dozer that increase the power of its drill when you shift into a higher gear using the shoulder buttons. Um, at the end of each level, your two additional gears wear out, and you have to replace them in the next level. Each area is broken down into two levels, and there are five areas total, plus uh, the final level of the game. After completing a level, you can replay it from the world map to look for any treasures you may have missed. You know, you know the drill. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I get it. I get it. Each individual level is very distinctive, like, in terms of um, art direction. There, there are different areas, like a city or a factory or a jungle. They're, they're fairly common platformer tropes, but the art direction in Drill Dozer really sells it. Most of the enemies who appear in levels are very weak, like, you know, they only take, like, one hit. Although the concept that, like, you do all of your fighting with your drill, so the concept that you're drilling living human beings is sort of morbid. Like, it's not... It's pretty freaking morbid. <laughs> yeah, it's not very violent or bloody. Like, it's all very animated violence. But just the concept, like, it's, it's not that hard to picture Jill as the antagonist of the game rather than the protagonist. Especially since you're fighting against a rival gang and the police, because you're in a gang of bandits. So, like, you're drilling police officers. Oh, baby. Yeah. None of the enemies that you fight are exceptionally challenging during the levels. The challenge of the game is more related to using the drill to navigate the environment rather than actually fighting. Sometimes you have to use the drill to get across a chasm blind with drillable blocks, or other times you have to use the drill on a gelatinous block, then reverse direction with the opposite shoulder button to send yourself flying to another platform. Navigating obstacles is just tricky enough to not be boring without being frustratingly difficult. And it's actually, like, the use of the shoulder buttons is sort of what makes the game feel so unique as, like, navigational purposes go because the drill is used for literally everything in this game like not just combat but for solving puzzles it makes the puzzles a little oversimplified because you know that if you use your drill for something <laughs> there's only one answer right but like the way you have to use it might vary and it might take you a little bit to figure it out but you're never gonna have like a zelda moment where you figure something out after weeks of being stumped and you feel mm. you feel like a million dollars man do you remember those days when you would literally be stumped for weeks like, I can't, I can't handle that anymore. I, oh, I can't either. I was stumped for, like, three months at a time on separate puzzles on Link's oh, yeah. Awakening. Mm -hmm. A Link to the Past never had me stumped for a super long time, but Link's Awakening was definitely, like, a brain teaser at times. I think with uh, Link to the Past, it was all about, wait, where am I supposed to go? Yeah, but, like, none of the riddles themselves were actually that tough. In Drill Dozer, at the end of each level, a boss character will show up. And this is the case where combat becomes slightly more challenging, because each boss has a slightly different trick that you have to figure out to win the fight. Not only do you have to figure out like their patterns and everything, but as you damage them, they'll switch up their patterns and techniques, and they become more difficult as they take more damage. So, thinking fast to figure out the puzzle and having lightning-quick reflexes to dodge their attacks becomes equally important. Especially as they take more damage, they have increasingly shorter tells for their actions. Oh. So you just have to be really attentive and have good reflexes. It's challenging, but it's a scenario that I really enjoy with this sort of game. 
The game controls really well. It's responsive, but you still somehow get a feeling of weight from the drill dozer walking around. It feels like a heavy mech. The drilling doesn't stop immediately after the release of the shoulder button either, so it feels more realistic in terms of physics, and it requires that much more precision, particularly in boss fights. Because you can't just, like, you know, wheel around into a turn if there's an enemy behind you, or, you know, it, it just requires more than just, like, simple button mashing like a lot of these games tend to allow for. There is an exception to the play control being excellent, however. There are two levels in the game that switch up your normal gameplay for abysmal underwater and flying sections. They're not fun. I'm used to underwater levels being terrible. Yeah. But, like, how do you manage to take the joy out of flight? Mario 64, the wing cap? <laughs> I'm, I never played Mario 64. Oh, you hipster. <laughs> no, I just, I didn't like the N64, so why would I play Mario 64? I don't know. It was... Okay, continue. <laughs> Particularly with flying, I found control to be clunky and frustrating, as well as not at all intuitive, since in order to fly or swim, you could only move at all by spinning your drill. Like, you couldn't move otherwise. So, shifting into, like, higher gears made you go faster. Hovering, you had to, like, activate the opposite direction on the gear. It just didn't feel intuitive, and I found myself having a lot of cheap deaths because I was just bad at flying. Mm. Po onto positive things about Drill Dozer, something that was neat about it was that it was one of the few GBA games to include a rumble feature. Oh, that's why it wasn't released. Probably on Virtual Console, then. Oh, well... No, I, I I mean it doesn't need it. It's not necessary. It's, oh really? Like you can turn it on and off in the game. Is it, does it take like a AAA battery to power it? No, it's just included in the pack. Can I interrupt you again? Yeah. That was the only question. Sorry. Go ahead. What? Nothing. Oh okay. <laughs> but yeah, it it made the drilling that much more immersive. Feeling the GBA shake in your hands as you're like pummeling through a wall. Does it like vibrate like a like a drill? A little bit. I'm not exceptionally handy, so I don't use drills mm. super often. Oh. Okay, like a vibrator. Like a vibrator, yeah. Very much <laughs> like a vibrator, which I use all of the time. <laughs> the game has a significant amount of replay value, because um, every level has hidden treasures in it, and you can't get them all right from the get-go. Like, there are some that you need to upgrade your drill bit in order to get to. I don't mean, like getting the gears. I mean, there's a shop in the game where you use in-game currency. This is another thing that they couldn't do in England, but these bits that you pick Ooh, up. Yeah. You can exchange them to purchase things like energy tanks or more powerful drill bits that let you get through obstacles you couldn't get otherwise. So there are whole new areas to levels that you've already played through after you buy these drill upgrades. What the heck do they call drill bits in England? Maybe they make an exception. Maybe they, maybe the British just use their penises to drill everything. Oh man, that's gotta <laughs> be it. I just searched drill Brits. <laughs> Not even thinking. And then the first thing that comes up is the British Drilling Association. Yeah, they still call them drill bits. Do you think the British giggle about it? I want to feel your drill bit in my hand, mate. <laughs> oh man. Hmm. They. Uh... You're not allowed to just moan into the mic and not tell me. Uh, there's so many uses for the word. I'm, I'm just gone on the Wikipedia page for British slang. Didn't Will I Am and Britney Spears release a song called Dirty Bit? Mm, sure. It's not in here. And I could have sworn. Maybe I take it all back. I swear I heard that before that they had to change the name Elibits because that's a thing. 
Maybe I, I want it to be a thing, so it is. Anyway, the shop allows you to buy power-ups. Um, the additional energy tanks function more like the Metroid model of providing additional health rather than the Mega Man approach to energy tanks. I actually didn't even really use the shop until I had almost finished the game. So I essentially went through everything but like the last two levels without a single energy tank upgrade, which explains oh. why I died so much. Yeah, but, I mean, you get street cred. I do get street cred. I am a drilldozer master. Bam, sucker. The graphics are great in drilldozer. Like, the, the beautiful spray animation is, I would say, on par with a lot of WayForward's work on older systems. That's awesome. Yeah, the sprites are really expressive despite their tiny size on the little GBA screen. Just so much attention to detail, too. All of the characters have, like, various facial expressions. Bosses start to show battle damage as the fight wears on. In addition to having terrific graphics, the music is catchy and upbeat. It sounds on par with, like, the golden era of, like, Super Nintendo music. Even though, you know, my SP doesn't have a headphones port... Yeah. I found myself listening to music the whole time through rather than listening to podcasts or something while playing video games like I frequently do with older games that I mm -hmm. don't enjoy the music to. Drilldozer has not had any sequels since its release. It's been almost 10 years now. Oh, wow. I don't know. It's just not making that Pokemon's money, I guess. Yeah. But it does have a bit of a, a, a legacy, I guess, because Jill and her Drilldozer appear in Super Smash Bros. Brawl as an assist trophy. I haven't seen her yet in Super Smash Brothers for 3DS or Wii U. Eh, might be in there, I don't know. She might be in there, she might not be. To wrap up, Drilldozer is a GBA game that a lot of people probably missed originally because the DS had already been out for over a year when it came out. Mm -hmm. It's not on the Virtual Console yet, but uh, the cartridge isn't especially hard to find or expensive. Mm. So I'd say it's worth tracking down for someone who wants an innovative, polished side-scroller. Awesome. And I... Apologize for my behavior. <laughs> I mean, in the comedy world, you did what people would refer to as heckling, but yeah. but that's fine. It doesn't derail me. Yeah, I wasn't doing it to be spiteful, though. I just want to be part of this conversation. I think it makes it feel more organic than if mm. I was just sitting here, like, reading from my notes. Right. Which is what I would have been doing otherwise. <laughs> that's another episode down. Whoa, we're like... That much closer to episode 100. <laughs> Just one episode closer to episode 100. I don't know that I see that happening. But we'll no, see. I don't know that I see it either. Spoilers, folks. <laughs> We're probably going to close up shop before episode 100. Yeah. Really? I don't know. By the time we get to two years, will it be episode 40-ish? So, I mean, just extrapolate there. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be years down the road. I don't know. Hey, time will tell. People start clicking the, the hell out of that Amazon banner. Things can change. <laughs> <laughs> My fingers are crossed. I'm not looking to close up shop anytime soon. Don't get no. me wrong. I enjoy this show even when I don't have games to play and I just review a demo for an episode. I actually enjoyed that okay. because I want to like Monster Hunter. I, I want know. to like it so much. A apparently, despite what you said about the demo, like I think that the game that I did play in the series was beautiful. Mm -hmm. and I'm a sucker for good art direction in a game, yeah. but the gameplay itself was just a miserable experience for me. There's so much about that game that I don't like. 
but it's stuff I could put aside for the other positive elements to it, but it's just that one fucking weapon sharpening mechanic that will make me never really? play another game this year. Wow. That fucking makes me insane. Alright, fair enough. The other thing is, and somehow I was able to overlook this for fantasy life, but I feel really bad attacking non-aggressive monsters. You know what? This is, I've always said that this is like, I don't know what you want to call it, the litmus test. I don't know if that's a good way to describe it, but for like sociopaths. <laughs> because I feel like if you're playing a video game and you're just like killing innocent things just mm-hmm. for no reason at all. Like I even feel bad when I'm killing them because it's part of a quest. If you're killing them for no reason at all or mm-hmm. to just like harvest their parts, it just feels naughty. I think you're gross if you do that. In like Skyrim or anything like that, like I never killed the NPCs. I never hunted. In Grand Theft Auto, I like to stab people and take their knives. Just random people off the street. If they have a knife, I'll stab them and take it. So Emrys failed the sociopath test. Yeah. I'm assuming so have 90% of our listeners. Just (laughs) just saying, because it's a pretty common thing to be like, you know what? I'm playing Grand Theft Auto. I'm going to take this car and drive it on the sidewalk. Yeah, if committing crimes in Grand Theft Auto qualified you for a sociopath, I think most people would have to, yeah. to turn in their human card. But like, I would watch my friends play Grand Theft Auto 3, which is the last game I watched really anybody play. It was just disturbing to me. I was 21. I don't know. It was just like, why? you're just like killing hookers? Why? Why are you doing this? Because <laughs> you want to see inside that baby maker. Baby hole. <laughs> the baby, baby hole. hole. <laughs> <laughs> I feel dirty after saying that. I'm sorry, everybody. I, just, I, I feel like a terrible person, but it needs to stay in. What is, what is it with us with being vulgar and then feeling shame? Like, you think we would quit being vulgar or we would quit feeling shame about it? Yeah, it's a vicious cycle. I don't have a filter. <laughs> so I just blurt things out and then I'm like, oh, I'm I'm a monster. Okay. Yeah. We never did figure out how to end episodes. Uh, it's like expelling a fetus from the baby hole. <laughs> that baby hole. That sweet, bloody nectar. All right. <laughs> <laughs> we out. Thanks for listening, everybody. Go over to portablepower.popularoutcast.com. Clear your cookies or use incognito mode. Do the shopping that you'd normally do. We'll get a small cut of whatever it is you spend at no additional cost to you. Help us get noticed. Go over to iTunes, rate, review, and subscribe to the Portable Power Podcast. Get in touch with us. Maybe you'd like to send us a game review request or your own answer to our question of the week. You can email us at portablepowerpodcast at gmail.com or use Facebook, facebook.com slash portablepowerpodcast. Or get in touch with us on Twitter at portablepowerfm. Drink responsibly and listen to the next episode of the Portable Power Podcast so you can witness what happens when people don't. I'm not making any noise. I'm in a dead silent apartment right now. It's like a tomb. (laughs) A tomb or a womb. Actually, wombs are very loud. Are they? Yeah, it's just like...
it's just like imagine just like leaving the static on on a television for months of your life how do you remember that well you know i don't <laughs> but it's it's what it's what they do for babies you know they get they have these machines like little so scientists like ram their heads up the baby hole and like listen for a while baby hole. they don't they don't they don't need to put their heads up there they can put very small sensitive instruments but how do we know that like the noise isn't coming from those instruments uh they're not musical instruments. <laughs> I'm just saying, in the in the true in the true spirit of scientific discovery, someone needs to ram their hole right up that baby, right up that baby hole. No. Find out what's going on for real. No, you're... <laughs> miracle of life. There we go. <laughs> Check out how I'm not making typing noises. It's because I'm using my iPad. Ooh, iPod, iPod. I am the future. Yeah. The future is full of typos. <laughs>